they had told me that even there, they still felt like I need to be home. You know, I'm my place is to be at home. That's where I got saved. That's where God has me to be. So with this, we're finally ready to go to conference. Um, this is about six months in and a situation comes up um it's from that same situation all the way back when the reason why we even had to get um put out for a little while my parents spoke with each other and they gave me a choice said you can either come with us or you can go ahead and keep going there it was a hard decision but i had to take a leap of faith and just say i want to stay at my home Welcome back, everybody, to the Light It Up podcast. I am your host, Wyatt Taylor. Today with us, we have Rafael Alvarez. What's up, y'all? And our guest, Moises. What up from SD? (laughs) So, if you guys do not know who Moises is, you most likely have not seen last week's episode, which was part one with him. Make sure you go check that out before this one, because a lot of stuff will not make sense. And you shouldn't be here. Go back. What are you doing watching not- part two without watching part one? Are you crazy? That's a shame. For real. <laughs> <laughs> um, go watch part one. Come back. Today, we are going to be continuing Moises' testimony. Um, he was separate from the church for four years um, because of an issue with the church and with his family. So being separate with the church, he learned a lot. He experienced a lot. And he went through that in the last episode. So go check that out. But today, we are going to be talking about the redemption story and lessons he's learned from it. So what he can take from being separate, what he can take from Potter's house, why it's such a great fellowship. Now, we're going to ask him questions along the way, and we have a last-minute word for our church kids. Any person who goes to church, actually. It doesn't need to be church kids, but most likely church kids. Anyway, <laughs> Moises, take it away. Begin where you left off, man. Alrighty. So beginning where I left off, my family and I were still, we were out of the church for a little bit still. Um, At this point, we were finally able to go back into the fellowship, but we weren't able to attend our mother church. So start off on that. Um, Got a call from our pastor said that we can come back, but we're unable to go into the mother church as of yet. Um, We were able to go into another fellowship church. And this pastor was also a pastor that helped my family in order to be able to um, maintain their salvation because he was once the, I believe, the door director of our church before he got sent out. Um, so he knew you guys. So he knew. Yeah, he knew my family yeah. and all. So um, we started going there. And, you know, first time back after about maybe two years at this point, um, we were accepted. We were like people came up to us immediately you know some of them actually thought we were like new people like entirely but we let them know actually no we've been a part of you know the church we've been safe yeah. this amount of time and blah, blah blah so and i got to meet some new new kids it took a while for me to get adjusted with everything 
um, like I said, we used to bounce around a lot from different churches outside the fellowship until we were able to go back. And, um, you know, I made some friends that I actually still currently have now, which is awesome to this point. And some people there who yeah. shared a bit of the same testimony as my parents when it came to before their full salvation, you know, being part of the gang, my dad and everything, and then um, just the party life and stuff like that. So they knew of that and they were able to relate they were able to hit it off pretty well and it helped to regain that salvation that they once had before, you know, to make it stronger at this point. Right. And, um, you know, during the time that we were out at first, it was a very bad struggle, but with all of this, we actually became more of a family than we ever were before. Um, as I said in the previous episode, my dad was also like a youth leader and he had several different ministries, which, um, accidentally caused him to neglect me for a time because he was really busy with everything. But because of the separation from the church, we didn't have anything. Him and I were able to grow a lot closer. Um, you know, we would just hang out and and we'll play video games. We'll watch a couple shows or whatever, and we'll just sit there and talk while we're doing all of that. So we grew closer. So with all of that to this point, now we were stronger as a family. We felt ready, you know. We're back in the fellowship. We were excited and we took off from there, you know, doing whatever it took. My dad was able to get back into preaching in the jails and everything. And everything was great at this point. So, yeah. So um, how was it coming back? I mean, I know you explained a little bit, but how was it for you? I mean, reconnecting and building that church life again. How was it? Did you find yourself? Um, I imagine you find yourself being less lonely especially with more fellowship and um, even more joyful uh, being closer to God and closer to a good church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like before coming back, I was still fighting with a depression type of thing to the point that I just thought, why not just take my life? You know, I went through suicidal um, thoughts. I had those, those moments going back into the fellowship, having friends and everything that I, I began to gain and spending the night at their house and all that and you know all that stuff and even in school um it was a home school but we actually got to go onto a campus twice a week so i was able to socialize there and some of my friends from my mother church were actually going to that school too so i was able to rebuild a lot of friendships build some new friendships and yeah i didn't feel as lonely as i did before i was happy you know, I had my friends back. I had some new friends spending the night at all their houses and everything and fellowshipping with the people. The things that other churches didn't really have was fellowship. You know, yeah. they just went to church, said hi to each other. Good to see you. Went home. We didn't really have that. So going back into our fellowship, we had fellowship and it was it was great. It was amazing. You know, yeah. eating in the mess all the time, you know, yeah, hanging out. Yeah, some of the crazy fellowships that go on till four in the morning. Oh yeah, my Tucson peeps, Scott Lee. <laughs> yeah, those those fellowships will go on long. Seriously, um, dude. sometimes it'll be when we used to actually do Bible studies. We would like um, some people would sleep over. Did sleep over at that point at our house? It was like the point. At this point, <laughs> they're like, "Hey, it's already one o'clock in the morning. I live a little far. I'm just gonna sleep." Like, All right. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Raphael? 
Yeah, for us fellowships, we play, we do Bible studies and all that. We always got to make sure we try to pull an article afterwards because we get competitive with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, what year was this? What year did you come back? Um, I believe we came back. It was near the end of 2014. Okay, um, so it was almost about like. It was almost nearing two years of being out of the fellowship at this yeah. point. Okay, so let's see. So let's, um, was your was this um, church you came into smaller than your than your uh, first mother church? Yeah, so this one was um, smaller than the church that I was used to. However, though, though it was smaller, of course, it's the same preaching. It's you know, the same aspect and the same, same aspect. So transitioning from kind of church hopping um, uh, somewhat from what you were explaining. So you were saying you come into this church and you immediately make connections. So that's obviously a huge contrast to the churches you visited. Why don't, how, was, how was that? Were you like, yeah, I like this. Like, I like, I definitely prefer this over the other churches we've been to was it was it kind of like that yeah because even in those other churches i was able to establish you know some friendships but it wasn't like the friendships that i had in the church you know going over to right. the house spending the night all that we were just like i established friendship we hang out at the church and every so often we'll go out and maybe play some baseball or something but other than that it wasn't really much compared to going back to the fellowship i was we were all together like all the time with people and yeah. you know i i love that to this day like we're i'm out and about all the time yeah like i'm rarely home sometimes my parents will be like bro where have you been <laughs> <laughs> and how did your um how did your parents adjust they were happy from, from your point of view at least yeah they they were happy you know they were glad to finally be back um with you know people that they can relate to when it comes to salvation wise we finally got you know a place that speaks in tongues we got a place with altar call my dad he was so excited to altar call my mom to the yeah. point that on that first day they raise their hand they get down to that altar they're like we haven't had this in so long yeah and so they they enjoyed it they were happy but at the same time even through all this it wasn't home it still wasn't home yeah so why don't you explain a little bit of that? What was kind of, were you not hostile, but were you kind of somewhat reluctant to be fully a part of this church because you missed some of the aspects of your mother church? Yeah, so at this point I was 13, 14 years old. Um, I didn't really care to get into ministry, you know, because some of the um, youth in my church, they're 13, 14 years old, they're already helping out and ushering and stuff like that. So yeah, with me, I didn't care to even jump into that. Um, my parents had the same thing too. My mom was like, I'll help maybe with nursery. My dad was like, I'll do the jail ministries, but stuff there at the church, we kind of were hesitant to anyways, cause it wasn't home. We wanted to still go back home eventually and establish ourselves back in there. So, loved it but we couldn't fully put ourselves into it maybe we'll make it out for an outreach or so but we still couldn't fully put ourselves into it because we still 
it's like some of the pastors will say, God has an address for you and you're saved in a right. certain church for a reason. And so we still felt like we were supposed to be at that home. We were supposed to be home. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys necessarily weren't taken out of the church. I mean, obviously it was something involving, I, I from what I hear, um, it was something in, not really involving God. Like it wasn't something God took you out of on purpose. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear to anybody who may be confused, uh, this time of separation, uh, Moses can, I'm sure, testify to this, but it wasn't a wasn't something God had taken them out of. Rather, it was something that had happened that had caused them to have to not be able to attend that church. Raphael, did you have anything you wanted to say? For um, so that feeling of like that, that you wanted to go home, was it the same feeling for the whole family? Or was it like you specifically feel like you needed to go back? Um, it was for, for all of us. Um, from things that they had told me on a recent point, um, and by recent I mean like several years ago after, um, they had told me that even there, they still felt like I need to be home. You know, I'm my place is to be at home. That's where I got saved. That's where God has me to be. I need to be home. And they really felt that in their hearts, like that's where I'm supposed to be. Here is just for a temporary time, but home is where we're supposed to be. So, um, <clears throat> Before we get into uh, your eventual uh, transition to your original mother church, uh, you had mentioned last episode that you had considered and even thought about your salvation, um, kind of did a double take, wondered if it was actually real from the time you were separate from the church, but you never got serious. Mm -hmm. Going into this church, was there a point when you did get serious and you got saved, or was it prior to that? Or Yeah, so... Once we got back in, once we got back into the fellowship, once we got into this church, um, there was a revival that happened about um, actually that exact week. There was a revival, and um, I, I forget the pastor that was preaching there, but um, it was I, I believe that first Sunday when once we got there, he was preaching, and I lifted my hand to give my life to God because I really felt like no, this is where I need to be. There's nowhere else, not this world or anything. This is where I need to be. So I lifted my hand. I gave myself to Christ at the time. And later on during that revival, he also presented if anyone wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I went up for that as well. Um, and this was when I was already 14 at this point. So, yeah. Is it because it's basically a similar question to like that why home feeling that you have with family? It was why why do you think God kept calling you to go back to that to the home church, another church? You were in a different church like the like I believe some people like yeah would go to church. Oh I gotta save at the church. Oh it's whatever, the same church is all over. What what was the the need to go back? You were already in the same fellowship and all that. Mm -hmm. Um had a feeling that, you know, that's where my destiny lies, was right there in that church. That's where growth was going to happen more. Um, and seeing to where uh, I am now, I really did do believe that that's what the whole purpose was, was my destiny lied in my mother church. And, you know, eventually I was able to go back. Um, and so 
yeah, we just felt like that's where we were called to. Like that was where our destiny was going to really enhance right there. Yes, we were still in the fellowship and everything, but it was there that that true growth was going to really happen. And we didn't understand at the time what that growth was going to be. Um, but seeing now, yeah, the, the growth has really, has really taken off, you know. So here at the church, again, like I said, we didn't establish ourselves completely into it. Um, but we grew closer as a family and everything. Um, I was in my school and everything right there. And I got near to a point of graduation. Um, I was going to graduate early. Um, and that's when we finally got the call. We can go ahead and go back. I'm 16 at this point. Wow. Um, it's 2017, near end of 2017. They tell us, you can go ahead, we can go back. Um, so my family and I finally returned back home to our mother church. And we were very excited. Me, I was finally going to be around all my friends and everything um, that I grew up with. And I mean, I knew there were some that had departed because their family had either moved or um, backslid. So they weren't there anymore. Oh, wow. But there were still some that I still were close to and I was at school with that I was like, yes, I'm finally going to be around completely. And so we finally got to go home. And it was great our, our entire time there at home. We were so happy. We were so excited. Um, again, I I was going through some things. I lifted my hand and went to that altar. And that's, to me, right there was when I finally truly gave myself completely because I was when I was 13, I gave myself because I knew this is where I needed to be. When I was 16, I gave myself because I knew this is where I wanted to be. And this is the life that I wanted to live. And, um, you know, even even still, I have my, my struggles. No, but no one's perfect. But um, there's no other place that I would rather be whatsoever where I'm at now. And so, wow. yeah, we were finally able to go home. My parents were happy. We were all happy. And um, we were finally excited. We we're going to go to conference again. Awesome. Uh, we hadn't we hadn't gone to conference in a very long time in our mother church, you know. And so we were excited. We were like, man, without conference, it was weird. Because I was so used right. to growing up with that. Every single year, we'd have our conference. Go to conference, and I'm there every mm -hmm. single year. That was my vacation. And I still yeah. view that as vacation. Like, I love yeah. it. So with this, we're finally ready to go to conference. Um, this is about six months in, and a situation comes up. Um, it's from that same situation all the way back when, the reason why we even had to get um, put out for a little while. And apparently that there was a dispute, I guess, going on with the fact of um, my dad even being able to come back. Mm. Um, and so because of everything, all that, they had to make a really hard decision and they had to put my father out again from that for that same thing way back when. He'd even do anything this time. Like It was just from that same thing way back when. So that, it hurt because I thought, no, I don't want to. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this again. So, 
my parents spoke with each other and they gave me a choice. They said, you can either come with us or you can go ahead and keep going there and we'll, we'll drop you off because I didn't have a license yet. And it was a hard decision, but I had to take a leap of faith and just say, I want to stay at my home. I want to stay at my church. And so my dad was kind of mad at the situation of what was going on still, you know, and, but he respected my choice. He said, okay. So they continued, they would drop me off at church there. And um, they were going to another one that was nearby just so that they would be able to drop me off. Um, and so I was able to make it to every service at my mother church, age of 16. I'm by myself now. I don't have my family at my church. And my dad, he called up one of the, the brothers there at the church and he told him, um, watch over my boy, you know, put your wing around him and just take him under your wing. And so he eventually told me, hey, why not you come sit with me? So I, I was sitting with him. I, I was in church, you know, and it was weird being without my family there. But um, I felt like this is where God wanted me. This is where my destiny lies. And eventually, you know, my dad actually came around to understand the situation. They they even had, um, you know, a talking to my pastor and him and everything. And he said, like, he understood the situation as much as it sucked. He was like, I'm going to continue serving God. Even if I'm out here, I'm going to continue supporting the church. Um, and the reason that even came past was because he told me recently, he said, because of you staying at that church, you made that decision. At first, I was bitter with the church, but because of you staying, I was able to resolve that in my heart and say that, no, that church has done so much for us and they're taking care of my boy. I'm here to serve God and I'm going to support that church because they're doing what's right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to get in more into this uh, relationship you had with this uh, brother in the church. Mm -hmm. um, but even it's just interesting because um, I think people would look at your situation and just see, yeah, it's, it's obvious, okay, just can't go to church there. Mm -hmm. But you obvi obviously felt such a distinct calling to be in that church and look to what, it, what it's led to now, as yeah. we'll get into. Um, but I just want to say, like, sometimes the leap of faith won't look like what you think it's going to look like. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not going to be not being able to pay your rent this month. Sometimes it's not going to be you know, your car breaking down right before, you know, uh, time when you need it, you know. Sometimes a, a leap of faith isn't going to look how you think it's going to look. Right. Um, so let's uh, let's get into uh, more into your church life now in this church. Um, some things you've learned and even your relationship with this brother. Yeah. So, um, like I had said before, this whole situation happened we were ready to go to conference i already had my stuff packed like at this point this literally happened like about a week and a half before conference oh, wow. which yeah that it was a big deal because we were finally able to be able to go to conference which our, our conference in tempe it's in may the beginning of may so this was mid april at this point of 2018 and so that um, that brother in the church, um, 
him and his wife, they, they decided, and my dad spoke to them, they were going to take me with them to go to conference. And so I was able to jump into their van with my stuff, a little bit that I had and everything. And, you know, we went to the full week of conference myself, sitting with them without my family. And it was just such a, you know, just like every conference, it's such a um, feeling in your spirit, like being refreshed. Right. And with everything that was going on two weeks prior, what a refreshment it was for me. Wow. And, but then during that same week, come to find out that same brother that was um, putting me under his wing, that Friday he got announced. Oh, wow. To, to go out and begin becoming a pastor. And so that was, that was a, a shocker. And so I still, he still kept me under his wing until the time that he would leave. But even from that point, I started looking up to him just like a, a spiritual brother for myself. Yeah. And seeing where he was going, him and his wife, you know, going out to do the works and everything. I, At that point, I had to think and I thought, that's where I want to be. I want to be like him. I want to follow in his footsteps. He's the same thing, church kid, born and raised, same kind of things of growing up being a little bit rebellious but never left the church and made that decision to stay at it and stay with the church and so i'm like i have that same situation of i'm staying at this church i never backslid or anything but i was a rebel in my heart at some points during my time growing up so i looked up to him and um, once he left and everything that's what just came as my reference point of him taking me under his wing and me wanting to be, you know, like he was. And right after conference, that's when I began to join ministry. Wow. So yeah, I started my, my first ministry right after conference. Um, I actually, I was even the one that um, hit him up, the leader of the ministry um, for the sound and everything. He hit me up and he said, hey, I think you would be a good fit here. You want to jump in so i was like yeah all right so i talked to my pastor and he gave me the okay i started off in that ministry going into 17 years old being um you know one of the guys helping out on the the sound which was kind of weird but it was it was a cool experience to start to begin at you know some would begin at ushering and everything but i i began doing sound <laughs> yeah which I, I had to learn um to handle people's judgment a lot when something was wrong oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah the the media ministry is a very um <clears throat> for lack of a better word it is a very uh critical ministry mm -hmm. it's, well, a very, it's a very yeah. humbling ministry yes humbling ministry that's a, that's a better word yeah you're a smart guy was it um, big brain yeah because <laughs> you're constantly there's things you know that you're gonna mess up because, I mean, there's things that you, you'll do as an usher that you can't really do wrong. I mean, it's How much not that. <laughs> How much you I knew Rabbi <laughs> was going to say something. <laughs> My point you is, it's not, hear it, bro. you know. My picture, when I put an article, not article, when I, when I did an offering letter, pray for that mug, it was two words. God, please pray for the money. <laughs> Simple enough, it worked. Hey, it works. It was something um, around those eyes. God, you something dumb. <laughs> God, and that was it. 
Yeah, but it's a very uh, critical ministry, very humble ministry. So, oh, yeah. Um, continue with what you were saying. Okay. Um, yeah, so going in from that point, my first ministry, skipping all the way to maybe now in present day, um, at this point, I had gone to every conference since that I can go to. Um, even began to go to Prescott Conference for the first time. I Ooh. went to the very last tent one. That was my first one. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I wanted to experience the tent before the building went up. Right. And well, so, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to, but... I, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It hurt. And but... like the, <laughs> it hurt. Yeah, the, the sentimental feeling, like, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. No. It's because my parents had a picture of them at the conference and everything, and I was oh, like, really? what? I want to do that at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go through the tent. I'd never been through that. I was the first time being out. in the building. You missed out on some fun stuff. Yeah, I'm good. I was told okay. I was told Friday night. Stuff. I was told Friday night, Pastor Greg Mitchell was like, Is there any single minute God trying to do something or some crap trying to challenge people to tear the tent down? Yeah. You know, all the men are like, Yeah, you know, I'm <laughs> called to preach. It's like, okay, uh, you're gonna start on chairs. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so you know going from that point being first conference by myself first ministry you know all the way to where i'm at now it's been a huge blessing and huge learning point you know i said before i was socially awkward and everything with with people and all that i have now the friends that help me to get out of that awkwardness you know they'll yeah. tell me hey there's this thing going on let's go i'm usually the designated driver because they didn't have the license so i was like <laughs> all right fine let's go amen right so they used me and it helped but yeah um through that it helped me grow a little bit more socially i was able to meet more people um eventually meeting wyatt here at a conference hey yeah so that all helped um they get on a podcast afterwards get on a podcast <laughs> afterwards you know and shout out to more people out there watching <laughs> You version Bible app. It works wonders. Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew with all of that. Growing in ministry, going through, you know, we have our harvesters. We have our rallies at, at my church, being a mother church of San Diego. Um, and eventually, there was something my mom had told me that I was like, I would never, ever do whatsoever. But I had to take a leap of faith because my mom believed in me. But she told me at one rally, you know, I was 17, and she told me, looking at the stage, she's like, I could see you up there one day leading song service. And I'm like, uh-uh, I, I hate being <laughs> in the spotlight. I hate being in the spotlight. So I was like, no way in heck, no. Fast forward to now, I am one of the guys that actually helps in leading hey, song service. Hey, wow. So that is awesome. And I, every time I get up there, I feel fear, but, you know, Gotta remember this is for God. It's not for my glory. So yeah. whatever happens, like God's gonna help me through it. Yeah. But yeah, so a huge step from that little kid that was in my parents' shadow to I've grown out of their shadow, becoming my own person. But right. that growth of being away from the church helped me realize a perspective of, you know what? We have so much in this church. We have so much in this fellowship that we take for granted. You know, as church kids or even as people who came into the church. A long time ago that I got used to it um 
you know, you can take the whole thing for granted for conference, altar call, speaking in tongues. It's just like it becomes a routine eventually. Like, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do that. You just it, you don't realize how how blessed we are with all these things, how blessed we are that Pastor Mitchell, uh, Wayman Mitchell had came to the point of let's do a conference. Let's send the people out into the, the mission field. That brother that I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, took me under his wing just in this past conference got announced to go to La Paz, Bolivia. That huge step forward, you know, my reference point going out there into the mission field. He has five kids and a wife with a very good job here as a plumber making a lot of money. And he's like, no, I'm putting that, putting that worldly stuff away. His wife said, let's go. So he said, let's go. They're going to Bolivia now. And it's insane. Other people that I looked up to getting sent out, one to Detroit, one gone going to Miami soon. Wow. Um, another one going to Mexico City. Like It's just a huge, huge deal of just... Viva Mexico. Viva la Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge deal of seeing what they do not have out there, what we have here. And it's not to take a blast or, yeah, like blasting out any of these other churches, but, you know, but we, are blessed. Time, we are blessed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pastor Greg Mitchell had said, I mean, from the recent thing that I heard, we have over 3,400 churches worldwide. Mm -hmm. And that's I've also heard, Yeah. And I've also heard we have more churches outside of the U.S. than we do in the U.S. But yeah. But yeah. yeah. I mean, look at, look at, um, with Pastor Olson going over to the Philippines, that leap of faith that he took, and now they have, oh my gosh, I forgot how many churches there. They have over 200, I know that, mm -hmm. over there, and even a, their own conference center and everything. He recently showed us a video of that, and he was panning just on the stage, like, yeah, look, here's the stage, but here's the audience, and it was like over maybe 2,000 people wow. in that conference, just because of a leap of faith that he took to yeah. go out into the mission field. It's honestly a blessing that we do not realize we have in this church, in this fellowship that we take for granted sometimes. Yeah, and um, that is the point we were trying to make in this episode is just that, you know, not everybody has the same things we do as church kids. And, you know, I know there are church kids out there. You think, yeah, no, I understand. You know, church is awesome and all that. But you know it too i know it you know there are times when we really take it for granted i mean are you really taking into consideration all the things that you did not have to go through you know, this is to all my church kids we can take it for granted even when we don't think we've taken it for granted i'm guilty of this i'm not saying i'm perfect but i realize that there are so many times in which i will take things for granted this my whole life for granted even when i don't think i do and um, the way I think about it sometimes is just put yourself into someone else's shoes. My father um, grew up in a very broken home. My, his parents divorced when he was four years old. Uh, his mom died when he was 12, and his dad left him and his brother on their own when he was 16. Now me, seeing my dad my whole life, knowing him always as the married pastor, the married disciple in the church, they took over the church in Los Banos when I was three years old. They've been there ever since. 
me growing up, I've never even thought about drug abuse or um, alcohol abuse or my parents fighting constantly, a broken home. I, all I've known is blessing and the hand of God in our home. And I've taken that for granted. And when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, when you realize that there has been such a covering of your life, that's when you really start to put things into perspective and really start to take it seriously. Because now it's like, okay, you know, you've had this incredible, incredible opportunity. You've been raised right. You have been preserved from many, many things. You've been preserved from all the worldly things that destroy lives. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to waste your time? Are you going to go out into the world because you want to try it out? Or are you going to take it seriously? Are you going to serve God and truly take your salvation seriously and do something for God? That's just my little take on it. That's what I've learned. Something I think about because I'm a church kid and I relate to those of you who've grown up in church. You know, Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Put things into perspective and think about what you're going to do with your life anyway that's my that's my little point that's all i wanted to say if you guys have anything you want to say i was i was going to add to that um you know saying same thing of things that we don't have to go through i um at my old job working um at a you know restaurant chain of chipotle and everything working with the people that they, that were there none of them were were christian and hearing the things that they go through on a daily basis or the things that they've done, you know, some of them, you know, they're sitting out there smoking weed or vaping a lot, um, doing, you know, drinking alcohol. Some of them are sleeping around with people who aren't even their spouse, sleeping around with people who are even their boyfriend or girlfriend just on every weekend. They're like, oh, I'm going with this girl now. I'm going with that, that guy now, whatever. Um, all these things that we don't have to deal with, you know, in the church, some of some church kids will want to be like, well, they seem so happy. They seem, you know, it's cool to be in the world, to go on a party life, to do drugs, or like, it seems like something I want to check out because, I mean, they seem so happy with it. They're not happy. They're just trying to hide something. And we truly have that that joy in this church, a spiritual joy. And it's, if you don't have that, it's because you either are ignoring it or you just have not found out the real peace and joy that you have within the church without having to deal with any of that things. It's like you said, um, Wyatt, that, you know, you didn't have to go through any of the things that your dad went through, that your parents went through. Um, you don't have to deal with the things that they have to go through, mind battles that they would have to go through on a constant basis. My parents, same thing, the past that haunts my dad at times, you know, um, even dreams that he'll wake up from because of his past being a, a gang member and everything. Um, even seen death in front of him before of people dying and I don't have to deal with that like my my dad I can hear him sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and it's not often but he'll wake up and still be like dang it I had a nightmare about something and I don't have to deal with that because I was born and raised in this church I haven't had to go out there I was listening to um, a sermon from Pastor Roman Cotiris today um, and he was talking about because it was a um, during a wedding, and he was talking about you know we don't have to go out into the world, we don't have to do any of the things they do, sleeping around or anything. You save yourself from marriage. It's going to be the best decision you ever make in your entire life, you know. And um, 
yeah, I'm just like it. It's true. Saving yourself all the way into marriage. It's not. It's not a cool thing to go out there to sleep around because you think you have game. There. Riz. Yeah, that the whole Riz <laughs> thing. Like, nah, nah, nah. You're trying to be a player that you shouldn't be. What are you trying to do? Are you playing on the field for God, or you're playing on the field for um, the opposite sex? You know. Right. So that thing of just staying pure, staying, and it doesn't even have to do with with sex. Like, of staying pure, it comes to the things that they've dealt with of drugs and um, alcohol. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit temple of god and so you're purified just on the fact alone that you are not dealing with the things that the world is going through they're not happier they're just hiding the things that um, are pulling them down the depression that they have and that's what we take for granted of we don't deal with that we have joy in this church we have joy in the presence of god but we take it for granted it's going to completely tear us apart or we're never going to find that true meaning of you know, Christ's salvation for our lives. He died on the cross for us. He shed his blood so that we can be set free. But as a church kid, we're taking that blood and being like, yeah, this is cool and all. You know, God died for me, whatever. But from what? We don't realize from what. And that's what we take for granted. And that's a point that I want to get across, too, of that, of these other churches. You can be saved in these other churches, but it's... It's not like home. It's not like where we're at. Everything we do here, it's for a purpose. Things that have been taught through, I mean, you can see with the moral stones thing, the stuff that has been taught over time. You know, some churches don't even believe in miracle healing. Or they believe it's only specific people. Look around for us. Any of us can heal. We just have, have to remember that it's through God. And it's things that we take for granted of. Healing crusade. Oh, cool. We take that for granted sometimes. We take a healing of someone's foot being extended for granted. And we shouldn't as a church kid. I, I want to, I have one scripture. Um, Hebrews 13, 16 from the message. It says, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slacking in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that that take place in kitchen, workplace, and on the streets. Our sacrifice is giving ourselves to Christ. Our sacrifice is not putting ourselves into the place of the world. What are we sacrificing? We're sacrificing our flesh. We're sacrificing that crave for something spiritual. And we need to spread it out into our workplace, spread it out into the world of of that salvation that they may not have but we can offer you can believe yeah light it up you can believe i don't have a testimony you know what testimony is yeah you have purity yeah that's a testimony and it's given self a lot of people in the world don't have that one of the pastors had said that his son at his job all of them would make fun of him for being a virgin you know and so he told him here Say this line. Tell them, I can become you in easily in two minutes, but you can never be me. Ooh, that's that a good one. one. Mm -hmm. We are purified from the world because our parents' salvation. We don't have to deal with that. So don't take it for granted. We can easily right. become the world, but they can't become us. 
because we are purified. Not saying we're any better, but we don't have to deal with some of the things that they deal with. Amen. Um, on that note, I think we're going to end off. Um, powerful episode uh, ministered to, no doubt, all of us. <laughs> we're all convicted. I'm just kidding, but... Hey, that was a refresher for me, too. Dude, yeah, this was a good one. Um, make sure you guys tune in next Saturday for our next episode. Um, we thank you guys for being here. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. Stay updated on us. Click the bell. Click the like. I feel like a blogger. Um, make sure you check out our website. All of that for merch. Lowercase edition. Raphael has around the world. Um, make sure you check that out. See you in the next one. God bless. No, so don't change my shirt. Just wear it next time. Look. <laughs> Plus, it's you're going to get hot in the long sleeve, bro. I got a friend just right next to me. Look. Just wear, wear it on the next episode. Wear it Saturday. Wear it. <laughs> Wow, that's like an industrial fan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gets the job done at night when I'm hot. <laughs> what? Whatever works, right? How do you get to sleep? It's like, <laughs> um, Raphael, do you have anything you wanted to say before we get into the uh, next portion? I had a question, but it kind of slipped my mind. As soon as... <laughs> the question went up. <laughs> I was going to add, I was thinking, I was like, add it, and then as soon as like, Raphael had a question, Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. I promise you, dude. To uh, Bolivia now. Oh, wow. Dang. Hey, that's where my aunt lives. Go hide her down. She well, Jesus. Better, hey. But it's him. You him have an aunt that lives in Bolivia, Raphael? What in like, the it's world? A, it's, a, it's a long story. It's a great aunt. Oh, God. It's yeah. a long it's story. I don't know. Yeah, I bet it's a long, it's a long story. story. <laughs> my gosh. Dude, I don't want to hear it. I found out when I was like 12 when she was. When she came in, she popped out of nowhere. And she's like, mijo. Benaki, I'm like, who are you? <laughs>